with this first slide, I wanted to touch um, basically on the on the wide field of logistics in general, um, because it, it comprises several different sub segments, um, as, as, as you can see here. So um, basically, logistics demand in general is derived from various different um, types of um, industry types. So you've got the commerce side, you've got the distribution side, and you've got the manufacturing side, um, which all drive different parts um, of, of the logistics and um, light industrial space, um, to say so. And what is interesting, if you think about what um, COVID-19 has done to each of these fields, what COVID-19 has caused the retail industry to suffer, um, there, there was quite a few headwinds on the manufacturing side and also global trade and the distribution side um, has seen um, some headwinds. You might think that um, logistics should have suffered as a consequence of COVID-19, but um, I'm going to spoil that now, um, the, the spoiler, um, it, it hasn't, it clearly hasn't. And um, I'm going to touch on that later, but I wanted to um, get into each of these fields um, first be before we move on. So maybe a few words on commerce. Commerce, um, that's, that's quite an interesting one because um, clearly it is the, um, the online retail component, um, which has seen a tremendous time during the um, pandemic um, crisis. And you've got the, um, the brick and mortar classic retail side, which at least to some extent, some um, pockets of the market have seen um, headwinds in that field. Then distribution actually quite um, similar. You've got the um, more global international distribution hubs, which um, have seen headwinds because um, of um, yeah, travel restrictions and um, supply chain disruption to some extent. So headwinds there. But then um, you've got the more national, local, regional uh, distribution centers, urban logistics, these uh, kind of things. Those haven't seen um, any negative impact at all. And then you've got the um, manufacturing side, which is quite an interesting one. Um, here, of course, you did have um, on, on, on most parts of the market um, seen um, headwinds uh, through COVID. But um, I, I, I find this, this subsector of the logistics field very interesting because particularly the, the light industrial part often flies under the radar of many, many investors. But if you think about it, um, it is actually stemming a large bulk of the overall logistics space out there, especially in a, in a country like Germany, for example, with its um, broad manufacturing base and all the small and medium-sized um, enterprises. So it is actually quite, quite an important part of the market. But um, let's, ha let's have a look at the e-commerce at the e side um, now, because that, that is really the part of the market that was um, driving a structural boom of the logistics um, uh, universe. And um, that is the, the, the reason for that is actually quite simple. There's, there's a couple of analysis out there saying that for every additional billion euros spent online, you will need um, 75,000 to 115,000 um, square meters of net additional um, logistics space to um, fulfill that new requirements. And in this chart, um, I'm, I'm, I'm showing the 
um, general retail sales in billion and the um, e-commerce retail sales in billion. And what is more important actually is the um, black line, which is showing you the growth in um, e-commerce turnover in billion. And if you just look at the, the period between 2015 and 2019, on average, roughly 8 billion um, of new euros have been spent online. And this year, 2020 annualized is actually on track to exceed um, 16 billion. And these numbers are for Germany alone. So it's, it's much larger, much wider in, in, in a big European um, comparison. And, you know, this, this is fostering the, um, to some extent, the, the boom that we've seen in the logistics field and driving different thoughts, different types of uh, logistics facilities, starting from the super large first mile distribution centers going further down to regional centers and into the cities basically um, to more um, urban uh, distribution centers now let's let's have a look at um, how the e-commerce um, landscape looks like in europe um, that's what i've um, what i'm showing on the on the left um, side of this slide so here we have the um, share of overall um, of, of, of the e-commerce side of the overall retail um, universe. And generally that share is between 10 and 15% in most of these countries, going up to 20% in, in the UK, or it's even a little higher now. These are 2019 numbers, um, where the UK is the most mature market in this respect, of course. And if you, if you Look, look down to, to the bottom of the list. You've got uh, the more peripheral country, you've got Italy, you've got Spain, you've got Portugal, which are more like 5%. So as an, as an investor, and this is quite an interesting, um, interesting take on this, you do of course target the more mature markets, the, the larger markets like France, like Germany, like the UK, where you've got the infrastructure, where you've got the product, where you've got the knowledge, where you can actually invest your money. But it's also very interesting to um, consider markets like Italy, Spain, and Portugal, just um, assuming that these markets um, might see a catch-up to the wider European average. Um, so if, if that happened, there, um, there, there's quite a decent growth in e-commerce spending um, still to come. And actually, this, this is quite similar when um, looking at the um, different segments of the retail industry, um, which um, I am showing on the on the right hand chart here. Um, so clearly, the highest share um, of online retail is in the consumer electronics, in the fashion and, and leisure and hobby segments, and by far the lowest segments you've got in the fast moving consumer goods space. So that's basically your grocery shopping, that's food, that's um, drugstore articles, um, things like this. But now an, an interesting fact here is that uh, the fast-moving consumer goods, the grocery market during the pandemic, um, has seen by far the largest growth rates of any of these groups. So there's a lot of growth um, that did come through over the last six to nine months in this field. And um, <clears throat> if, well, if history is any guidance, um, money that has gone online has gone to e-commerce in the past has rarely gone back to the brick and mortar retail and i think that that is actually um, a factor to consider going forward that um, there's more growth to come out of this fast moving consumer goods 
um, space, which will continue to drive um, demand for logistics facilities, specifically for urban logistics facilities, because you need you need to be close to to, to the consumer to fulfill um, this this specific niche um, of of the logistics market. Now. That was more the structural side. Now let's have a look at what happened during the pandemic. Um, so let's have a look at the at the cyclical side here. And um, what we have in, in this chart is the take up of the um, of, of, um, of, of Europe or the six of the largest markets in Europe: Germany, UK, Poland, France, and the Netherlands and, and Spain. And interestingly. Other than um, pretty much all other commercial real estate types out there, um, leasing activity in the logistics space has actually increased this year compared to last year. So it was up um, by 7%. That's in stark contrast to definitely the retail side, but also um, offices tend to be down by um, 30 to 40%. So logistics has proven to be a very, very defensive sector um, in this respect. Of course, there's some, some caveats to be made. Um, first of all, that um, increase or that, that um, take-up distribution um, differs among countries. There's countries like the UK or Poland um, where it has been very strong, while there are other markets um, like, like France, Netherlands, or even Germany a little bit, um, where uh, the performance was a little lower. But generally, um, logistics in Europe are a very, very defensive, uh, defensive market. Now, more interestingly, probably is an outlook. How 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 do we expect this uh, to pan out over the next well nine to twelve months? And honestly, this is an extremely difficult difficult call to make because, um, of course, the the logistics sector is not immune to um, the overall economic environment, and um, I'm pretty sure that we will face. Um, economic headwinds generally um, on the on the consumer side, on the labor market side, on the on the overall economic side, there's going to be going to be headwinds well into 2021, and this will of course um, to some extent dampen demand for the logistics space. On the other hand, you have quite strong um, tailwinds in the logistics universe as well, and. Um, some of that I already mentioned, um, the, the strengths of the e-commerce and growth of e-commerce, that's, that's one um, part of the story. But in, in addition, also strengthened by COVID again, um, we've got now trends like, like reshoring and nearshoring is, is gaining um, in importance. So um, companies are stockpiling um, their, 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 their warehouses, so they're not dependent on um, uh, on, on production just in time, so their their production um, chain is not not disturbed. And actually, what we're seeing is that some of the the manufacturing of the in industrial production is also returning, or companies are thinking about returning that to some extent from um, outsourced operations back back into back into Europe. So so basically, um, manufacturing is coming home. And what, what, what does this mean for, um, for, for the rental side? Um, so this, this is what I've, I'm, I'm, um, I, I've plotted in this graph. Um, typically, historically, 
the logistics space has not been a sector of strong rental value growth. It was more or less flat for, for many, many years. Of course, there's exceptions, but generally um, the logistics space over, over, over a century basically has been relatively flat in terms of uh, rental values. Now that has changed recently over the last five to 10 years, um, largely driven, of course, by the strength um, of the e-commerce and growth of, of uh, the, the demand for logistics space that that brought with it. And another interesting trend that came with the growth of the e-commerce side is that logistics facilities have moved closer to the cities, closer to the city centers. And doing so, um, the land value increases. And for, for many logistics leases, um, the, the rental value paid is still sort of a combination of construction costs and cost of land. And as you move further to the cities and city centers, um, you know, higher rental values are achieved um, in, the, in the logistics space. Um, what's going to happen to rents going forward? Um, that, again, very much depends on how the balance between headwinds and tailwinds from a structural and cyclical side are going to pan out over the next um, couple of months. Um, I wouldn't be too optimistic that rental values will grow, though, over the next 12, uh, 12 months. Um, I, I would expect um, pretty much a, a stagnation at a high level and dependent on the individual um, location where you are. Um, sorry. Dependent on the individual location where you are, um, that might actually increase or decrease um, just dependent on the type of a driver behind the individual location. Now let's have a look at the um, logistics investment market at the investment side. Um, on, on the left, the left chart is showing the overall transaction volume for Europe broken down into the largest um, largest markets across Europe. And um, that's, that's a 12 month um, rolling total. So um, it does include um, also deals that happened um, like, like 10 months ago. Um, but still, what, what you can see here is, yes, there, there was a dip, um, a COVID-related dip in transaction activity. Um, but to some extent, that was also due to very practical reasons that it was difficult to do site visits, that was actually difficult to see people, and that, of course, um, was, was um, dampening overall transaction activity. Um, but the demand side for logistics, and that is not a big surprise, um, acknowledging um, of all the facts and the growth that we've seen um, earlier, um, the demand side for logistics space um, is actually still very strong. Um, because of the rise of e-commerce, um, the logistics sector um, has gone up um, higher in, 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 in the ranks um, of investors, of institutional type um, investors as well. And COVID-19 actually only strengthened this. So this is, this is um, a sector that gained in popularity among investors because of um, what happened um, during the, the pandemic. And um, the result is pretty much, well, first of all, you can see in, in the right-hand chart, which, which is the prime logistic yields um, for the major countries in Europe, that there has been a lot of movement. And that is mostly based on the structural 
um, strengthening of the sector that we have seen. And um, right now, um, we are at yield levels in, in core Europe, somewhere around 4%. If you go to the more peripheric um, locations, um, Italy, Spain, these kind of things, Southern Europe, um, you're more in the 5% net initial yield um, range for these, for these type of assets. So that was a quick overview of what happened on the leasing side, on the investment side for the logistics market. The, the last couple of minutes I want to use to discuss more structural things, more, let's say, dis, uh, a, an outlook, also considering um, dis, dis, disruptive tendencies that we are seeing um, generally. Um, because we as a society, I think, are going through um, the most disruptive times that, that we have seen in, in human history, basically. Things are changing quicker than they have ever before. And of course, the, 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 the entire real estate industry um, is going through structural change as well. And that is what I want to say with this slide, basically. So if you follow the, the, the dotted line here, this is um, basically where we are today. And with the individual arrows, um, I want to highlight where the individual sectors are in terms of their process going through um, a structural change. So the further the blue, um, the, the further the process of structural change. So that means um, looking at retail, which is pretty blue, um, we have gone through a lot of disruption and a lot of structural change in retail already, which was um, kick-started by the growth of the e-commerce sector. Looking at offices, we're pretty much right in the middle um, of that phase. Um, so we have seen over the last couple of um, years the rise um, of the co-working operators, for example, they are changing the way that we are working, making it more flexible, um, adding more services to that, to that landscape. And more recently, we were all forced to um, work from home. So that has given a big boost in terms of the, the, the mobile working. But for logistics, even though we have seen a structural strengthening from the e-commerce side, I think from a, from a technical point of view, um, there's still a lot of um, process to come. There's still a lot of things um, before us. And on this slide, I just wanted to highlight a few examples um, to, to showcase um, what, are, what I'm talking about here. Some of these are already in place. Some of these are tested. Um, some of these, um, well, are a glance into the future, to say so. So if, if we're looking at the, at the uh, left-hand um, side of this slide, you've got, um, for example, the DHL um, distribution into the trunks of your cars. So DHL has some sort of general key um, to cars and they can put um, the packages into the trunks of the cars. This is actually, this is, um, in operation right now as a, as a test balloon, to say so. Then we've got all sorts of drones, um, airborne drones, um, earthbound drones, which are also in operation, still tested, um, but basically do function. If those are being rolled out um, or not, well, the future will tell. Then we've got um, fully automated, let's say the next generation, of distribution centers. This is an example of Ocado, Ocado 
um, a uh, grocery retailer from the UK and they have fully automated their um, logistics warehouses. And these tiny robots that you see there are actually run by um, air traffic control systems. Um, it's that difficult to, um, to, to get this, this operation in the warehouse run that you need air traffic control systems um, to run them. And if you have not ever seen a video of Ocado um, distribution centers um, operating, I, I, I recommend doing so. It's like watching a lava lamp or something. It's very hypnotic, it's, it's great. Then looking at the, at the well, right end of the, um, of, of the slides, you've got, um, for example, um, where, where a lot of research and development is going in now is, of course, autonomous driving. And that is not only autonomous driving for us as passengers, but it is also for, for lorries in freight. And if, if that was to happen and, and um, to materialize in, in a large scale, that would, of course, also have consequences for um, your location choice because um, you're not dependent on uh, the lorry driver anymore. Um, so you're not dependent on sleep times anymore. So, so you can really go like a 24 seven um, workday for these lorries. And um, on, 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 on the top right, not, not sure, sure if you can, can see that um, perfectly, um, but that is, um, an Amazon airship. It's basically a mobile flying um, distribution warehouse that spits out the little drones, uh, which will um, distribute um, the, the packages to the customers. Now, um, this is a fake picture. Um, so it's, it's not real. It's, it's done by a Japanese artist. Um, but the interesting fact behind it is that Amazon does actually own that patent. So they do, um, consider and research um, this this possibility um, of uh, well, next level of distribution. If that will come or not, who knows? Probably not, is my guess. But uh, who am I to judge? But generally, all, all, all these trends and technological change that is still to come makes the logistics space a very very interesting one. Um, and you have to, if possible, consider even some of these unknowns into your um, investment decisions. How do you do that? For example, by really figuring out what is, what are important drivers location-wise. So, so you need to, um, to, to uh, focus on strategically important locations from a macro and a micro uh, perspective. And um, also technically-wise, um, speaking about the building itself, it should be as flexible as possible so it can adapt to um, whatever technological um, change um, will come in, in, in the future. So you can um, actually incorporate that into your um, logistics facility. Yeah.